Good morning and welcome to Wednesday morning, January the 17th in 2024 on When I Rise. Uh, today we continue year B, the third Sunday after Epiphany or of Epiphany. And on the Wednesday of the week, sometimes we have to go out looking for an extra passage. Just like this week, there's only four sections of scripture for this week in the revised common lectionary year, uh, week for this um, this week of the year. Easy for me to say. Uh, and so I went out hunt hunting around all the way out the door today. I asked Ginger, my wife, hey, what's up I could cover today? And she mentioned Exodus chapter 32, verses 13 through 14. It's a verse that she, or a couple verses that she and the kids have memorized with homeschool year. And so I'm going to take a crack at it. So Exodus chapter 32, verses 13 through 14. Let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection. And we'll spend our time praying a prayer that, from the theme that we find there. Thanks for making this part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Exodus chapter 32, verses 13 and 14. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, to whom you swore by yourself and spoke to them, I will multiply your seed like the stars of the heavens and all this land that I said. I will give to your seed and they will hold it in a state forever. And the Lord relented from the evil that he had spoken to do to his people. This is the word of God for us. All right, so these two verses come from a wider episode, the campfire story called The Golden Calf Incident. And it was familiar with the story. Israel's been led out of Egypt. They're in the wilderness, and they're making their way to the promised land. Uh, Moses is in conference with God, and while he's gone, he seems to be gone longer than people are comfortable with. And so in their boredom, they begin to fashion idols. And so they ask, or Aaron calls them together, and he asks them for all the gold that they can muster. And they fashion a golden calf. And Aaron, as the high priest, he makes a big fumble here, big party foul, Mr. Aaron. Uh, he says that this was the God who led you up out of Egypt, right? So this is a vivid episode and kind of like a human history in miniature, okay? Uh, and so Moses comes down and he has to reckon with it. He takes tab the tablets and he smashes the golden calf. He does this peculiar thing where he burns the, the golden calf puts the ashes from that fire uh, after burning it up and he puts it in the drinking water upstream so that people deal with their bitterness. Uh, there's got to be a good TED talk or something out there which wrestles with the question, why do we eat bitter things? And uh, maybe it's because it gives us this uh, experience of dealing with the bitterness that we experience in life from our own choices and things like that. And so there's this uh, repentance that's done on the backside of this story. But uh, if you can recall, like this is the, the verses I read this morning, this is like in the midst of the intercession that Moses is making to God because God is angry with this action. And we ask ourselves a couple of governing questions like, why is God so angry about this? But there's like some other things that he's not so angry about. And I think scholars would say, not all of them, but many scholars say that the, the governing issue the biblical text tries to address is the issue of idolatry. Uh, when we exchange the worship of God for lesser things, as Paul spells out in Romans chapter 1, uh, 
it, it leads to an array of mishaps among the people of God and among uh, communities, and it fractures creation. Um, people say that pride is at the root of every sin. I, mean, I think you can make an argument for that, but I would also contend and give a rebuttal that idolatry, now maybe pride and, and adultery, like woven together is what uh, spurs on a lot of our misdeeds and misbehavior. But nevertheless, in this moment, we see this vivid example of how idolatry is something that really stings the heart and the mind of God. Um, and it's because uh, the uh, scriptures will tell us this in different places. There's a, a section in Psalms that talks about how when we fashion idols, you know, that have ears but cannot hear, mouths that cannot speak, eyes that cannot see, the psalmist says, we become like the very idols we make and we worship, right? So why is idolatry a big issue? It's because it diminishes our humanness. And at the, a great feature of the gospel is that Jesus wants to uh, give us once again and fill our lives with great identity and vocation and agency to be the people of God like we're always created to be. And so uh, what sets God off in idolatry is that it begins to take creation and smash it into tiny little pieces, and there's a cascade of issues. And so God's mad in this moment, and and Moses pleads with God that he remembers all the promises that he made to Abraham and to Isaac and to Israel, and that he would not carry out the vow that he had made. And I love verse 14. Uh, it's, it gives a little bit of a texture. Uh, to this God that we see in the scripture text, that God relented, okay? You can do your own word, uh, original word study work on what relented means here, but it seems quite plain that God had an intention in mind. Moses interceded. And God changed his intentions. Now, there's been a great big fight over uh, church history about whether God can change it's the doctrine of um in immutability and also the, if God can feel emotions like impassibility, but at least in the best that our language can do to try to articulate a mystery as Moses is dealing with God, God seems relatable. Moses is relating to God in a very tense moment. He goes on a long walk, long walk with God and they sort it out. They talk it out. And instead of getting rid of everyone and starting over with Moses and his family, God says, no, I'm going to continue to work within Israel. And this really begins to, uh, I don't know, animate the name Israel, which those who strive with God. I think we like to look at that as positive, right? That they're striving with God, running alongside him and all the things that God wants to do. Israel certainly called to do that. Uh, but also there's like a, str a striding and a struggling against God where God has to grapple with his people in order to make them more and more faithful in the midst of their covenant shape and stature. Uh, and so here is a low moment for God and his, and his people Israel in their story. Um, they almost parted ways here. But Moses in his intercession stands there and he asks God to continue to endure with his people, right? I don't know what you think what happens in prayer. Uh, that's another thing that uh, we wrestle with and we bat around within church communities. Why sh should we pray? Does praying change God's mind? Or is it like C.S. Lewis? No, it doesn't change God's. It changes mine. It changes me. Uh, whatever it is, I think that we come to God because I, we, I think we know we're going to meet a God that we can reason with and we can plead our authentic concerns to and a God who will hear us 
And then we'll have like a bit of a leading on the back end of our time with God. And so I think this is a great prayer verse because it shows that God desires and even welcomes interaction with people, even if it's a tense moment like this when Moses is pleading with them to relent, to not do the things that you vowed to do, which please change your mind. Um, So whether you believe that God changes mind or not, that's up for you and for your communities. But what we do know is that God did not turn Moses away, but but he communed with him. He held court with him and they seemed to reason together. So with those things in mind, spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you today that we can enter into a quantum entanglement of prayer with you. We thank you that you have a people and you've desired for us to be a part of that global people of God. And so as a new day starts, we can begin it with prayer. We can press our concerns to you and to your heart and to your ears. And we know that we can reason with you, we can commune with you, and you can embolden us for the follow-through and the response and the way to walk out our faith in the midst of a a very complicated and nuanced world that we find ourselves awakened to today. And so God, uh, we thank you for this episode of your story where you allowed a mere human uh, to hold court with you. And we do the same uh, with all boldness and grace that we find at the throat of mercy. We press our concerns and we ask God, May your kingdom come and your will be done. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.